You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Talking to Star Podcast. I'm your host, Connor Livesey, joined by my good friend RJ Ochoa, as he is the guest on the show today. RJ, have you ever joined me on the Talking to Star podcast before? Um, I vividly remember you and I interviewing Neville Gallimore, Neville Gallimore. right after he was he was drafted um on this show. Um as soon as you said that, I think this is... I remembered. Yeah, this that that was the only time that I can I can think of. We've done a lot of stuff on different shows and obviously on the YouTube channel. Um, but this is your house. So um I will I will be on on my P's and Q's. What is it? Do you know what that means? P's and Q's? Yeah. I'm from the South. What, no. I know what the phrase means, but what what do the P's and Q's stand for? That's my question. Oh. I don't know that much. I just know it means like you're on your A game. Um let's see. Mind your P's and Q's means um I mean obviously means mind your manners. I don't know what the P's and Q's are. Um, it's just oh, uh, just a, it stands a for pints and quarts, apparently. I don't know. I would have never guessed that. I just, I just know it's a figure of speech of like being on your A game. Mm. Cowboys kind of been on okay. their A game recently, right? Sort of, kind of. I mean, not really. Right, like, so today's the final day of November. Right. Were they the best team in the NFL in November? Is that a fair question? No. Were they the best team in the NFC in November? Yes. I would say that. Right. Okay, I still, I still think. Kansas I mean, just a horse. sure. I'm totally, totally fine with that. Um, even if I know you hate Josh Allen, um, but he, I mean, if you want to take the Bills, I'm fine with that. Even if you want to take the Bengals if you you know whatever i think the chargers love good, affair yeah. that people have had is kind of yeah the, the chargers have chilled out a little bit i think people kind of regret going all in on them um but they've been the best team in the nfc last month yeah. since uh, Dak got back i, I mean i would i would and, and like you don't deserve a prize for that but but it is worth saying out loud i think yeah and again like i think the good thing about this team is even when it's not playing its best football it's still finding ways to win and again, they they had a screw up against Green Bay. Um, again, we don't need to talk about that game a lot. It was what four weeks ago, but the defense blew a fourteen point lead. That's going to happen. Good thing it happened then, and not you know in a game that you needed to get into the playoffs. So I think that I think they showed last week against the Giants team who 
we still don't know if they're really good, but the record says they're good, that they can still win games in an ugly manner. And that's something they really haven't been able to do in years past, I don't think. So anytime this conversation is had, it invariably turns into bagging on Jason Garrett. And I don't think we're here to do that. Um, but I mean, it's just, it's the result of this. Um, and people have put it this way. So I'll just ask you, do they win on Thanksgiving? Do they come out in the second half and win that game under Jason Garrett? No. And I'll turn it around and say, do they win that game? And this isn't a knock on Mike McCarthy, but do they win that game without Dan Quinn? That's fair. I mean, so like, like give kudos to the whole staff. Like I'm totally with you, but like my point is like the, I, I think they win the Minnesota game just the same way under Jason Garrett. Remember that was like the thing, right? Like they never quit on him, right? Like they always bounce back. Like even remember um, in 2019 when they lost to the Jets, remember the next week they crushed the Eagles on something. That was the, the Dak dance night. You know what I mean? Like, so I totally think they win the Minnesota game, but I think that they have the full letdown under a different regime. So like include Dan Quinn in that mix. They have the full things. And they had it last year to be fair against Vegas, but they have the full letdown and I give them a lot of props. I mean, obviously Dak is, is the person who executed the second half um, flawlessly. He, he like, he willed them to that win in the second half. And that like, that's the difference. They have dudes who can do that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and I mean, it, I can't believe that we're still even having a conversation of, it's just funny how it's like a roller coaster ride. Mm-hmm. Like you'll have one, you'll have the Green Bay game where people still blame Dak for losing the game, even though they were up fourteen with nine. I think you can blame him. You can blame him for not winning the game. You know what I mean? Like th- those are different things. Like he touched the ball twice at the end with a chance to win. Like for and like like you're right. He, there was a lot of good, and I'm not like so. People live in the extremes, right? Like it was either all good or it was all bad. Um, there was a, a lot of good. The interceptions debate Dalton CD whatever. But right. he touched the ball at the end of regulation and in overtime and had a chance to win, and he didn't. And I I think it's fair to criticize him for that, um, the same way we laud him for all the things he deserves credit for. Yeah, I mean, I guess. Like I said, it's just so much other – I mean, in the overtime and last possession, I know there was like – again, I hate to go back five weeks to the Green Bay game, but there was like <laughs> – that was the special teams penalty and then holding call. So it's just so much – so much made it really tough. And you can go, hey, yeah, like – we should have overcome that, but I don't know. That's why I think that this Giants game is huge because they overcame like 14, 13, 14 penalties. Like none of it was easy. Like there was third and 12s, third and 13s that they were able to get through. And I think in the long haul, showing the ability to bounce back and do that against an NFC East opponent that has had a good year and was in the battle. I mean, if you drop that game, your playoff odds do decrease because Washington's continuing to win. You know, you're you'd still be in the hunt there. You'd still be in the wild card, you know, lock it. But it's just that 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 game last week showed me a lot. Because even though I mean, we were talking about during the game, like it wasn't a clean game by any means. Like I was running the BTB account and it was a lot of negativity. But like even with the negativity, like I was at home watching the game with my family. And I was like, I still think they're going to win this game. It's frustrating mm-hmm. that they're doing it this way. But like there's never a doubt because I kind of felt like they got over that hump in that Minnesota game. I I definitely think they're more capable of weathering storms now. Like, you know what I mean? To like throw a big blanket on it. Um, And so, and, and I think that's an improvement, not just on the Jason Garrett era, but an improvement on last year. I mean, cause they, they lost that Vegas game and all we did was reconcile. Cause they had lost the chiefs game the week before. 
And so all we did was we we did kind of like make excuses. Like Amari missed the Chiefs game. That was the the COVID game that you know led to a lot. Um, and CD had the concussion thing. Like, and there was the Anthony Brown like penalty fiasco. And obviously the Thanksgiving game went to overtime too. So like they fell to seven and four that day. And we and like we were like, okay, they're still a really good team, you know, whatever. And they bounced back with an ugly win um, the next week in New Orleans. And I, I don't know, like I I trust them more. Like they they seem right. they seem like a they seem like adults. Um, yeah. I, I saw, um, I saw Dave Hellman, who I know you had on, was it last week or the week before? A couple um, weeks ago. Yeah. It was, um, the, it was the Green Bay had, game actually. Right. Right. He had a tweet that I really liked and people have said things like this before. Um, he had, it, the tweet was on Thanksgiving talking about Jake Ferguson and Peyton Hendershot, how they had the same sort of energy as rookie Dak and Zeke. Um, how they have like it, they they look like they have no idea how hard what they're doing is right like like it's incredibly difficult what they're doing but because they're so young and and fresh and new they they're like oh this is easy this is fun um and so they're they're not like you know they they don't know the pitfalls of life or you know whatever way you want to put it and like I think that this team now is comprised more of people who know the pitfalls of life um you know, who who have seen the the dark things, who have been burned badly, who have burned themselves badly. And so I, I think that that makes them more capable of of willing themselves in certain situations and pulling themselves out. I mean, like, I think Zeke is capable in that way. Zeke carried them in that first half. Like, uh, he didn't get a lot of pop. I know, you know, we're all quick to be like, play Tony Pollard more, but like, uh, that that is a, a Zeke of a different mindset that is able to kind of keep the pulse of the team going as everybody else is struggling around him. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, like I said, I... I there's multiple ways I kind of wanted to touch like we did. So last week we talked a lot about, we sent out our tweet on the account about what are you guys most concerned about moving forward with this team? And a lot of it was consistency and run defense. Um, and it was hard not to agree with a lot of that. And we talked <laughs> about it. Like, I mean, it, again, we kind of, it was it was funny because the game the way the game started it was like here's the consistency argument like so many people were just worried about the team's consistency you know just being able to play a full game of good offensive and defensive football and like it didn't start out that way whatsoever like the Giants moved the ball pretty easily they had a touchdown called back in that game um, it's kind of I think the one thing that people were worried about was run defense and the run defense looked really good. So it was like, <laughs> it was weird how like we talk about consistency, but it's like, it kind of goes both ways. Like it's consistency on offense, consistency on defense. Like when they're not, when they're able to stop the run, they really weren't able to stop Darius Slayton. So it's like, I still think that that question holds value, but I think after proving themselves kind of right in a lot of what they're doing and just kind of overcoming a lot of things that we have questions about. I kind of want to talk about some things that we just feel very confident about going into the latter part of the year and then into the playoffs. So um, okay, where, where so would you start with the one thing, like, like your, your top one, you draw the list. What's the one thing that you just feel very confident about going into these final six games and then into the playoffs? Um, it's weird because this has nothing to do with them, their schedule, right? Like I, I fully recognize that this is a team that has burned us for the majority of our lives, right? Like at, at every important opportunity they have had, they have dropped the ball. They have like literally or, or figuratively speaking, um, but on paper, they are eight and three. They are, you know, an ascending offense. They are one of the best defenses in the NFL. They have the best defensive player in the NFL, the best defensive play call in the NFL. And they have arguably the friendliest schedule 
of any would-be contender, the Chiefs and Bills among them, right? They have six games remaining. You said four of them are against the AFC South. I mean, like, like what, you know, what, 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 perf- what more perfect situation could you drop on paper? You got to play the Eagles. That sucks. You get to do it at home. You know what I mean? Like you, your your final division game your, is your or whatever your final game of the season is at Washington. I mean, that might not matter. That may not be of consequence. I mean, so like I'm very, very confident in that. And I know people are scared. Like we talked about this on the round table last night. Like are the next three games trap games, whatever. Um, I get that. I mean, that's a fair question, but I'm extremely confident in that. Like there have been um, so many times where um, I actually I'm, I promise I'm going to land this plane. Um Brandon Laurie mentioned on the writer's block this week. I don't know if you knew this. So the Jonas Brothers had performed at halftime on Thanksgiving before, um, and it was the 2008 season. Um, and Dallas won that day to beat Seattle to get their eighth one of the season as well. But I was thinking back on that year, and they played the Giants on Sunday Night Football late, two weeks later, and it, it felt like they just squeaked by in that game to keep their playoff hopes alive because the Giants were the like the running away one seed. And then they like those final few games that they played, you know, they lost to the Ravens in the final game at Texas Stadium. Like it just it felt like it was impossible, like an impossible task for them. They couldn't pull it off. This doesn't feel like that. Like I, I, I'm so confident in, in how weak their opponents are. Um, that might be overlooking things a little bit, but I, that is a huge advantage. I don't think we're the same way. I, I think people underrated Dak returning to a very good team. I, I think people are underrating how valuable it is for them to have this crappy schedule. Yeah, I mean. I think that Tennessee game in two weeks is going to be a big, like, measuring stick for them. Because that's in a the, month. What are you talking about? Two weeks. Was it two weeks from? Well, two weeks after this weekend. Eh? No, it's um, it's after Christmas Eve. It's in five games. Oh, wow. it's the fifth of these six games. I thought it was. I thought so, it was Indy, and then another game, and then their game. So I'm, yeah. More no, right. you, the, that's Jacksonville, the one you're thinking oh, of. That okay. the third game from now. Yeah. Well, then I'm really not as worried about it because I thought it was coming up relatively soon. And I was like, that'll be a good measuring stick. Because even if it's at the end of the year, like if they drop a game at the end of the year after going on a little bit of a run, like I'm not that concerned about it. But but still, yeah. I would like to see them play good again. I mean, just to touch on your point, like Philadelphia and Tennessee are like the two last games where you're like, okay, these are kind of measuring stick opponents. They get them back to back, yeah. And I think, honestly, for me, like I'd rather them see play – this sounds silly to even say, but like taking out the NFC, like division race, whatever it is, like I'd rather see them play good against Tennessee than Philadelphia. Cause I think Tennessee is the team that's been their kryptonite for so long. Like, yeah. Run, they're they're, run they're like San 30. Francisco light. Right. Yeah. Like we're going to run it at you 35 times. We're going to play action. You to death. We're going to play solid. Like Tennessee's got a really good defense. So like, that's the team that I'm like, that's who you struggled to beat. You've beat the crap out of Philadelphia for, a long time for the most part. Like I'm not as worried, even if they drop that game again, I'm not like terrified, you know, it's like who let's see you beat the team. That's been your biggest issue um, for a while. So that just kind of touching on your schedule point. Those, those two games are the ones you kind of got circled, obviously, because a lot of the other opponents, and again, you could, I guess you could say Jacksonville's showing up a little bit more. Like if you can go beat them, that's a, that's a quality win in my opinion. So I think they have some quality games still on their schedule that they can kind of prove themselves on. Um, well, so what are you confident in then? Like my point was all again, it had nothing to do with them. With, I mean, I have other things I'm confident in, but what are I'm, I'm lumping them together, but it's Micah Parsons and Trayvon Diggs. I think, I think when you, we heard, we've heard guys like Von Miller and Aaron Donald be referred to as closers for so long. 
And I think that that's now Micah Parsons. Like, again, like down the stretch in that New York game when they were kind of creeping back, you know, trying to creep back in, Micah Parsons closed it out. Like, it, it, he just he, – he, he decided that game. Um, so, I think that you got that. And then, I mean, you're – Trayvon Diggs is a star. Like, I don't care what PFF says. I mean, I know they're more you know, on him this year than they have in the past. But, like, when you see him do what he did to Justin Jefferson the week before and then see what Justin Jefferson did to, quote, unquote, the number one ranked defense in New England the week after, it just goes to show. And, the, and the, the, the head coach who specializes in, like, right. eliminating a team's, like, top player, right? Right. Like, Trayvon Diggs is a freak. And yeah. I think when you have a top-notch corner and, like you said, like the best pass rusher defender in the NFL on that defensive side of the ball, you can compete with – again, like they didn't lose in Green Bay because Trayvon Diggs and Mike they, – they, they, technically they did. They lost in Green Bay because they played right. Michael Parsons at linebacker. Like I feel like they tried that and they were like, okay, we're just going to play Demona Clark here. That's what the last two weeks have shown. So I feel like – Seeing them like recognize that, and then seeing what the next two weeks look like with Minnesota and New York with Micah Parsons' usage makes me go, okay, they figured that out. They're just going to ride with Demo Clark or Jabril Cox or Anthony Barr when he gets back healthy, and you're going to continue to have the best, most disruptive defensive player and one of the best corners in the NFL. And when you got those two things on that side of the ball, that's how the Rams won the Super Bowl last year. They had Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald. They had an offense that was good. And I think that that kind of, I think you can kind of compare the Rams last year to the Cowboys this year. Like the Rams last year, we didn't think them as Super Bowl contenders until like the latter part of the year. And even when they got in the playoffs, we still kind of were like, I don't know if the offense is good enough to get it done. And then they added Odell Beckham. They had some receiving threats that were able to kind of step it up. So I almost kind of compare the Cowboys this year to the Rams because up until that Minnesota game, we were like, yeah, this seems good, but how good are they? And then, we see them kind of putting it together and we see that they have those, we say two studs on the defensive side of the ball. They have more than that, which makes it even scarier, I think. But I just think that those two guys are going to win games for you down the stretch. I think the comp is good um, because, and like people act like, you know, a team can't be flawed, right? Like that Rams team was, was not infallible. Like they, they almost blew that divisional game in Tampa you know what I mean? What was the lead? It was like 30 to three or whatever that they, they almost, you know, completely blew. Um, and then, you know, they're a Jaquiski tart, you know, dropped interception away from losing the NFC championship game. Like that, there, there are like sliding glass door moments in every NFL championship season that you can, you know, point to or whatever. Um, I agree. I do think that Trayvon has kind of become like sneakily underrated, even by Cowboys fans, like, because Mike is still like producing the sacks, right? Like, so like we get right. the, like the sexy flash play, like we don't get that with Trayvon. Um, I'm sure you saw I interviewed him um, here on the podcast um, in the week leading up to the Minnesota game. And I thought it was so strange how he I'm personally high on the Vikings. I picked them to win the Super Bowl. But he you know, he was so like, I wouldn't say dismissive of the Packers game. But I think I know I put more stock into the, you know, the McCarthy thing and the Rogers thing. And like the Des caught it like we're very, very badly burned by that franchise. And so um, like that, that's why like losing it felt like this huge torment, I think, to all of us. But but I do think they were like, OK, like we lost like but right. like. Like Tr- Trayvon, I mean, like the the disposition I got from him was was like, well, I wasn't there when Des caught him. <laughs> like, you know, I I I wasn't on the field for third and twenty. Like that sucks, but like th- those were not things that like affected me personally. Right. Um, and so he he said, you know, this game. This was leading up to the Vikings game. He said this game. He he said Kirk. He said Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson. This is the one. Uh, I thought that was really strange. 
but so I wouldn't say like call this shot, but like to to effectively call a shot and then for them to like vanquish them. That is so encouraging, like for, yeah. for them to be like dialed in and say, like, I referred to the, the, the game in the aftermath on our postgame show. I said it wasn't a game. It wasn't a debate. It wasn't a contest. It was a decision. Like they, they decided we're going to go to Minnesota and we're going to kick their ass. You know what I mean? Like it, it, Minnesota had no chance because they made that decision and they have that within them. Um, and it felt like they did that in the second half against the Giants. Right. Like they just made a decision to to end this, like to, to quit. And everybody said, like playing with their food, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, and like not every team has that gear, like to, yeah. to make a, a, a game ending decision like that. But they do. Speaking of that, like, that's what the Chiefs just kind of did this week with the Rams. Like, right. It, like, the first half, it was a super close game. Like, the offense wasn't really clicking for Kansas City. And in the second half, they were like, all right, let's just put them away. So, I don't know. I mean, again, you know this, and most people listening to this know this, but it's hard for me to get, like, excited about this football team. But I truly do think that just – Based on what we've seen so far, that can we've seen it change in a hurry. We've mentioned that. It, it, as soon as we start to feel it, they let us down a lot. But, like, they just do feel like a different group, like that they're not going to get smacked across the floor by teams that shouldn't smack them across the floor. <laughs> like, because it's sports, like, we, we assign these, like, weird emotions to it. And so I'm curious if you you're one of the more level-headed people um, I know here and, and somebody whose opinion I value a lot um, and enjoy a lot. So I'm curious for your thoughts here. Like, I would say 2018 to a degree, but certainly 2016 and 2014 felt very similar to 2007, right? Like Cowboys are, are riding high. They're they're like the number one team in, in power rankings every week, right? Like it, it just, it feels, and like at some point, I'm sure you, me, a lot of people listening told themselves, this is it. This is the year. This is, this is the time the drought finally ends. Like, cause it had the like Hallmark, you know, like an actual Hallmark movie, like the actual cheesiness of a Hallmark movie. This this season has not felt like that. Like this right. season has felt very left footed, um, awkward, you know, whatever you want to call it. Like, I think we envision like people say the phrase like, oh, this this right. moment will be the opening scene for the Super Bowl DVD. Sometimes I think about like, what would the cover of the Super Bowl DVD right. be? And, and and so like in your mind as a fan, you're like, it should be Dak, right? Like and, and you kind of like envision it. But like Cooper Rush has this huge place on, mm-hmm. on, on like what would be the cover of the Super Bowl DVD. And that's a like you don't envision that you know what i mean it's unconventional and that's where like in a weird way i kind of trust that about this team like they're unconventionally good for what is conventional for them does that make sense yeah no absolutely i mean like i said like like you said like 2000 2014 you just you had tony romo playing at an mvp level like they were the best team in the nfl for most of the year 2016 at the beginning you really didn't know because it was so new and you you know you had Dak and zeke and you just really didn't know what they could turn into but by the midpoint of the year it was like okay yeah they're legit even though in 2016 i feel i still feel people are like rookie quarterback it's going to be tough to make it this year like mm-hmm. the 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 past and the odds of that happening are going to be slim but they were still they were proving that you know when they go into lambo they go into heinz field and beat green bay and pittsburgh you're going okay maybe they are got maybe they do have it but like you said like this year i mean we came to the year we, we it's plenty of us were like they don't have a chance to be competitive so it is kind of just like that weird year where you're like yeah we thought that they would be around uh you know eight and nine nine and eight team and they're already at that win total but what's weird is like there's no reason for that right because it kind of felt that way like everybody said this offseason oh this is just like 2018 they're doing the wide receiver by committee thing blah 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 in 
it was literally going that way, right? Like, yeah. like, like that that proved itself to be true. But sure. then in at least in 2018, they traded for Amari. So there, there's this like this obvious like switch that flipped. What is yeah. the switch? You know, like what like what what is that? You know, like there there's no like thing you can point to and say this happened. Um, this uh, this addition was made that changed things. They just and that's that's where like they they have earned the benefit of the doubt in my mind at least by by pulling themselves out of the hole that we think they created i mean that is respectable yeah and i mean don't get me wrong i still think that if this team falls on its face it's going to be because the receivers weren't good enough and the offensive line not when they get odell Connor. that's i mean again hey i'm all for it i've been all for it i think that he if he can play this year that's in addition, they need to make. Where do you, where do you fall on this? Because we we did our roundtable on Tuesday night, and um, Danny Phantom, David Howman, and they were the only two who were against it. Right? A little bit. I mean, like if we if you had to pick a side, they were against it. Like, hey, things are vibing, whatever. Um, I think the plane thing has like stoked the Odell's and mature vibes, not from them specifically, but from just you know whatever people on the internet. Um, are you like, are you all the way in on this? Are you like, sure, I don't care, like, whatever, like, I'm, I'm more pro than I am against. Like, what, what's your, what's your stance? I mean, I'll, I think you, I don't know how you couldn't be all the way in. I mean, again, like, right. how many times has this team gotten burned by relying on its health to win games? Like, for years, it was, we're not going to get a backup quarterback because Romo is going to stay healthy. We're not going to, you know, get a backup left tackle because we got Tyron Smith. That's the same again. If CD Lamb or Michael Gallup gets hurt, you're effed. Michael and, Gallup did get hurt. That literally happened. I know he's not even like playing his best football, and it's still. I mean, again, like the quarterback came back for six games. We were like, "Hey, these receivers aren't good enough." We were still having the is CD Lamb a wide receiver one debate. Like that was still a big question, and I, I still think it's a question. It's just getting overshadowed by winning, which is overshadows everything but i i still think you're a michael gallup high ankle sprain away from disaster you're a cd lamb concussion you know last year missing two or three games away from losing to some good team you know not so you're, good. Teams. you're an you're an illness the flu was you know what i mean like you're anything like you know what i mean like yeah. you, somebody could get sick i mean like right. it's a billion different things yeah that, that happened to the rams the, you know the robert woods injury like again like it's 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 very very obvious that I mean he can help. I, I don't know. You're right. I don't know how anyone I mean, can have. The any Rams is a perfect this. example. If they don't have Odell Beckham and Robert Woods goes down, they don't win the Super Bowl. They don't. Mm-hmm. Like what he did down those final like two or three games of the regular season and in the playoffs, who's going to win Super Bowl MVP? Like I brought this up um, on one show. This you will love this. Um, so like even like like that moment, whatever. But like if if Odell came in and made like three pivotal catches, right? Like. Would you at all care that they handed him a two-year, like I don't know, twenty-five million dollar deal? No, like you, you wouldn't care. Like nobody would care. Like, and, and the example I brought up, and again, this is what you'll love. I care nothing that the Astros traded for Trey Mancini. You know why? Because he made the one out that he made in Game Five. Like, like the, the one out that when when the Phillies were like thinking about storming back, he made this incredible out that was total. I would do it again. I would do it again a hundred out of a hundred times for that one out. And so, like, whatever the one moment is that Odell could make for you, it's it's worth it. Like, you're you're here. Like, it takes so long to get. Think like think about how long ago um, the New Orleans game felt or feels right now from last year. The game that Mike McCarthy missed, that Dan Quinn was the interim head coach for. They played on Thursday night. That feels like 500 years ago, right in your mind. That was one year ago. It takes that long 
to get back here. You know, you can't mess around. You're here now. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Like I said, it's it's there's really there's really nothing that I say you shouldn't do it. Like nothing screams to me. Like there's always you know, again like signing free agents. You'd be like, hey, he's old. You know, like hey, he's had. He's not gonna. I mean, he's a free agent for a reason. Right. Like that. That <laughs> excuse is just silly to me. Like obviously, right. Like he's recovering from. He's got the injury history, but that's why he's gonna cost you. You know, seven or eight million dollars a year, not twenty. You know, like right. that's there's a reason there. But it's also like if he's held, that that would be the only thing. If, it, if he absolutely cannot play this year, I'd go, sure. maybe it's not worth it. Maybe because you, 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 you know, you can go into the draft and find somebody that might be able to help you. You can sign a free agent or you can, you know, go trade for Braden cooks or something like that in the off season. Like that's the only thing for me that I'd go. If he's, if he comes into the start on Monday and they look at the knee and they go, there's no way he'll be able to play. Then I'll go, okay, yeah, let's not, let's not sign him for two years when he's only going to play for one. So who do you think is more who do you think has a more explosive gear? Odell or Amari? Like like when when both is at like the the most explosive thing that Odell. each one can do, which one is which one is greater? Odell. Right. Wouldn't it be funny? Like it would actually be funny. Um if like Odell had like an explosive Odell play, like an Odell type sort of play that was that proved to be pivotal in a playoff stretch, playoff moment whatever. In a weird way like Trading away Amari would have been like an important thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it would have said because like they wouldn't be interested in Odell if they had Amari on their team. You know what I mean? But like Odell let offers me, a, a let me fifth gear that Amari doesn't. Let me preface it by saying I wish that Amari was still here and that we weren't having the Odell. Of course. Team. Like that's that's an understood understood thing. But, well, but you that know is what I'm not saying? understood like, by a lot of people because when Amari Cooper dropped the fourth down catch on I had uh, about yeah. I was in Twitter jail, so I couldn't respond or say anything, but I had like uh, five people be like you still want Amari here, you dumbass? And I was like, yes, he's having a fantastic <laughs> year. He's really good. He's cheap and he's young. <laughs> I agree with you. And so, like, like what I'm saying is, like, if, if in one moment you need that one Odell thing. Right. And again, the, the, and Odell, I'm not saying, like, only, like, oh, everyone about Amari could do this. Like, Odell, like, Odell's one of the only people on earth who can do the, like, the Odell thing. Sure. You know what I mean? So, like. If you get the Odell thing and it proves pivotal, right. in a weird way, trading away Amari was worth it because it, yeah. it was a necessary domino for the for all of them to fall. Right. Yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying. That would be funny. That, that would be funny to look back on right. and be like, wow, if they hadn't traded away Amari, none of this would have happened. Right. No, I, yeah, I mean, that's true. Like I, if I like if he makes I, if he makes like a crazy Super Bowl catch, right. you know what I'm saying? Like it, it's it, that would be hilarious. It really sure. would. Yeah, because that was kind of our knock on Amari for so long. It's like his catch radius wasn't the biggest, you know, had to hit him right in the brain. Yeah, and I don't even mean like his, like the Odell catch that everybody knows, but if like, if he's like, like people forget the Julio catch in Super Bowl 51 um, before the full, like a catch like that, like a, right. like no offense to Amari, like Amari's not making that kind of, you right. know, insane acrobatic thing. So something like that, I mean, it would just be really, really funny. Um, I do want to say my last confident thing, because I know we're getting close. Yeah, um, I was going to each do one more and then we'll, we'll okay. get that. Th this is mine. I'm going to take it. So you can't, um, is Dak like, holy crap. Like, and I will say yeah, I was a little dude. concerned. I, I spent the off season a little concerned, um, because the second half of last season was so bad and call it the calf injury, call it whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, I mean, he has responded like, like, I don't care what any troll on Twitter or whatever says top five quarterback, call, put him number five. You know what I mean? But like, you have a top five quarterback. You have arguably like 
the best defense, best defense in the NFL, best defensive player in the NFL. Like this is the the most balanced to the highest degree that the Cowboys team has been in a long time. Um, and so I, Dak has my full trust. You know, I love the aggressiveness. I love, and I, so I, I think I, I trust Dak, but I trust what's around him to like allow his skills to flourish and thrive. If that makes sense. Like he has a defense that can support him and, and, and his aggression, right? Because if, if you're aggressive, sometimes you get burnt, right? Um, and he has a head coach who leans into that aggression. He has a head coach who isn't going to, isn't going to deny him. Isn't going to trap him. Um, so I, I think he is in, in a situation finally that is most conducive to his strengths. And I trust that. Yeah. Well, you stole mine. Um, Sorry. but I'm going to go. So, I mean, truly, and this is, this isn't a troll or anything, but Cowboys running game. I mean, they've, whether it's Tony Pollard, whether it's Zeke, whether it's the offensive line. Um, and I'll, I'll lump, I'd lump two into my first one, but I'll lump this in together is the Cowboys running game slash the offensive line depth, I think is huge. Um, can I ask a question about this? Do do you feel because I feel stupid advocating for them to run the ball? Like as, as somebody who is like a fan of like fastest way to the end zone is through the air. You know, it's a passing league. Blah blah blah. I recognize what this season has been across the league, but like, does a part of you feel dumb? You know, like like yeah. as a staunch advocate for running the ball, it feels so counterculture to what we've like talked about for the last few years. I think what they've been like, the rate they've been doing it at is the rate that I would feel comfortable at. Like, I don't want them doing it anymore than they're doing. Cause, cause they do like, they run it, I think fifth most in the league on first down. And again, like they're, they're facing a ton of third downs, whether it's third and four or third and five, it's third down. Like if you, mm-hmm. if you, if you miss a block or you slip on a route or you miss the receiver by eight inches, like it's third down, you don't get another chance. So that's my biggest thing is I feel like they've been so successful through the air that I'm like, just, I'm not saying even do it more, but I wouldn't want to see them go more run heavy than they have now, just because I feel like, like last week was a perfect example for me. They ran it a ton um, and they were in so many third and fives, third and sixes, third and 11s, third and 12s. And then the penalties is the other thing is I feel like if they could run the ball and not have 13 penalties a game, I go, Hell yeah, let's let's keep doing it at that rate. But I just feel like, how many nine yard runs do we see, and then holding seventy three, holding sixty six, holding sixty three, and then it comes back and it's first and twenty, first and nineteen. Right, and, and it's like, like, well, how come Dak couldn't convert? You right, know what I mean, like, like that's right. that was the Green <laughs> yeah. Bay game. They ran the ball, and I think they right. first play out of, out of overtime, and it was a holding, and it was like, okay, it's first and twenty now. Like now we'll you know we will we'll sit there and point the finger at the quarterback for not scoring on that possession, but converting on first and 20 is not an easy thing to do. So either way, it's just like, I think that the rate they've been running the football right now is what I'm comfortable with. I think, I think it's been successful enough that if they needed to do it more, they could, but they would have to clean up their penalty situation if they wanted to get too much more into running the football. But Um, I think, I think in part with the running game being so confident in the running game that, I mean, again, like, you're going to get Tyron Smith back here in a couple of weeks. I think that, I can't believe that. I, I thought that was impossible. I really did. I didn't believe them. Whatsoever. I think if the season went the way we thought it was going to go after week one, he would become, <laughs> but like I, that whole, I think they feel the way that I feel about Tyler Smith. And it's like, we are impressed with what he did as a rookie. Yeah. But we think but we're, we're, we're running on fumes a little bit with him at left tackle. Right. Yeah. Which is, um, I mean, again, like, I didn't think. Yeah, it's fair. It, it it it's not a slight against him, right? No. Um, 
that whole sequence remember first take was at um at the star the yeah. morning after like that was looking back like <laughs> that was that was the lowest point like it well maybe tampa was the lowest um was the lowest. you know like because that that was everything like manifesting um i have one last question um so you, you could like I, I haven't asked anybody this question in on any show or anything yet um what thing worries you most that is not affiliated with cowboys so it could be a player it could be a team it could be a coach it could be like the general pitfalls of cowboysness like what thing lives rent free in your mind right now for the cowboys yeah like that would impact them so like you could say jalen hurts you could say you know i don't know darius slay you could say oh so Derek not Henry. somebody on the team like right something something that is not connected to the cowboys what what outside what external variable concerns you the most it could be a player coach thing game month like again it could be anything you want um man that's tough because i mean again like this is a hot take but i'm just not scared of Jalen hurts like i mean i'm not scared of him i'm not i'm not scared of him the second time around you know what i mean like they were they were it was a they had one arm behind their back i know they didn't defensively but i mean like people say that but like they did you know what i mean like you, you can't say like it's the same defensive game plan when the score is tied or they're trailing you know and they had that awful second quarter you know, if Dak goes out there and gives them a ten nothing lead or whatever, like it's a different game. Or right. if it's if it's ste- if it's steady the entire time, um, and I fully trust that Micah Parsons has you know studied what's necessary and is and and plus like I wouldn't say I hate the phrase like oh the blueprints out like oh Washington figured it out like but like we are seeing teams play them differently. So I mean, the Packers, I, I, the Packers right. just decided but, to wing it, but the. <laughs> The fact that they play the Titans before Dallas plays them is very exciting from a film perspective, right? Like Mike Vrabel will, if anyone's going to like show the blueprint to the world, it's Mike Vrabel. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and like I said, I mean, like you said, like Cowboys didn't lose that game because their defense got torched by Jalen Hurts. They lost that game because they threw three interceptions and, you know, made, right. it pretty, made it pretty easy on Philadelphia that night. So I think that, you know, the second go around will look a lot different. Um, I think even if, Let's say Dak does throw three interceptions. They'll have enough juice from their quarterback that they could even overcome that and make that a more competitive game than what it was. In the like, like the Giants game, as an example. Sure. Right. Okay, so then what's your thing? What's your external thing? Man. And you can't say injuries. Like, oh, I'm scared of injuries going to happen. Like, I mean, I know you just said I can't, but, like, my one thing would be an injury to the receiver. But let me think on it. So, I, mean, I guess, honestly – my, mine is to, to give you more time. Mine is the wild card draw, not going their way if they're a wild card team. Even the like actually, let me, let me be let me be specific. Any of these NFC teams. I'm scared of the 49ers. I'm terrified. I'm not I'm, this like, year, they, they're not running the ball as good this year, though. I mean, I my fear in them was established more during the Monday night game against the Cardinals when they looked a little bit more unstoppable than last week against New Orleans. Right. But still, so my position is I want to be on the same uh, plane as the Niners. If the Cowboys are a wild card team, then I need Seattle to win that division. Cause then Dallas won't meet the Niners in the divisional round. Right. Like um, if, but if, if San Francisco is going to win this division, like my, my great fear would be Dallas somehow winding up, you know, playing San Francisco in San Francisco in the, or Santa Clara, whatever in the divisional round. Like if, if San Francisco is going to win the division, then I need the Cowboys to win the division to avoid that. Like I do not want to meet the Niners. That's really, I, I that's my, my fear would be the wild card draw. I'm less scared of Tom Brady. Like I'm definitely, you know, the like standard level of scared of Tom Brady, but I'm less scared than I think a lot of people are just because the Bucks look so Todd Bowles is so bad, dude. Uh, yeah. man, just like, oh, that's what I'm saying. It's uh, like, 
like I love the question, but it's hard to answer because I mean again, like okay, let me let me ask a different question. If if you allow me. Let me ask let me forget the question. Okay. Like whatever. Fill in the blank. Mike McCarthy is the what best head coach in the NFC. We said that the Cowboys played the best football of any NFC team over the month of November. So if you had to rank coaches in the NFC right now, where does Mike McCarthy fall? I'm fine. I'm comfortable putting him behind Kyle Shanahan, obviously. He's going to be lower on my list than he is on yours. I'll say that much. Okay. Well, okay. I'm putting Kyle Shanahan ahead of him. I'm not putting Nick Sirianni ahead of him. I got to put um, Nick Sirianni ahead of him. I mean, I'm not putting Nick Sirianni ahead of him. Um, is that out of, out of like... I, I'm not fond of Nick Sirianni. Um, Neither am I. I, I mean, the, I think he's I, a dork, but... I, I know he I like I don't like again like this turns into like all or nothing like I don't think he's trash or garbage or like a terrible head coach but I I just think Mike McCarthy's better I, and I I value Mike McCarthy more than you do that that is well established. Wait, what did at, you say? At what? Yeah, I think Mike McCarthy is better at adjusting, right? Like I mean, that, like this Eagles team has been the same team, right? And and we're seeing like it reminds me of um, have you seen the Mighty Ducks movies? I mean, years ago. Right. So in the third, in the third Mighty Ducks movie, they go. Um, I think it's like high school. They, they're like they're at some like high school college, um, and they're playing the varsity team, like to prove they're the awesome Mighty Ducks. And you know the flying V thing they do mm-hmm. in the movies. Yeah. So they try that, and they just get like crushed. <laughs> like like the, the varsity team just like runs them over. Um, and they they like schedule this game without the permission of their head coach. And so the head coach shows up and like calls it off and gets all pissed off at them. And he's like cussing them out for doing this flying V thing. And they're like, you know, the the like captain of it is like, well, this is our thing, whatever. And the coach is like, your little duck tricks don't work here anymore or won't work anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause it's it's like I wouldn't say it's like a party trick or a parlor trick, but like I, I feel that way about the Eagles. Like I, I feel like that that will run its course. And we're we're seeing that, right? Like we're we're seeing that kind of bear itself out little by little by little by little. And so, like, I don't think Mike McCarthy has tricks. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I and so I, I give him credit for that. Yeah. I mean, I guess, like I said, like, not to shit on Mike McCarthy as we leave the podcast, because I feel like he's done a really good job this year. But wow. I, I still always go back to what is because he's not involved in the, you know, play calling. He's not involved in. I mean, he's pretty much said he doesn't do a lot of the offensive game plans. Obviously, he doesn't do much with the defense. He lets Bones run the special team. So it's like. That's my like like I get the whole Mike McCarthy coach of the year thing based on the situation, but like what would this team be if if Mike Nolan was still your defense coordinator? What what's this team's record and what's the coach of the year? But like so while he hired Mike Nolan, he fired him, right? Like he he deserved like he he managed that. Like, you know, and I'm I'm not saying that makes him the greatest coach. But I'm not saying that makes him the greatest coach of all time, but that that is like he is overseeing things. You know what I mean? Like call, call it people, like call it CEO, whatever. Like he is orchestrating that role very well. And we have seen a lot of people fail in that role, namely his predecessor. We just sat here and talked about how he has improved yeah. things. Like, I mean, so he deserves like say the bar is low all you want. But I mean, we have seen a lot of improvement in that sense. But back to the question. Even if you want to put Nick Sirianni ahead of Mike McCarthy, I mean, who else are you putting ahead of him in the Let's NFC? See. There's no way you're put. Maybe Pete Carroll, like some of that's like no. history precedent, but a lot of people were high on them early this year. Other than that, who? Like who? So, who is the better head coach in the NFC? I would say 
And again, like, Kyle Shanahan is the I, undisputed. I really don't. I don't even think Kyle Shanahan's like this. Like he's an offensive mind, but I don't think he's a great head coach. Like I think. We but if that. you want, but but like that's one that like if we if we polled a random room, a lot of people would say Kyle Shanahan, right? Yeah. Some people I would, would say, say I'd say Kyle Shanahan, just because I really like what he does with his offense. I would put Nick Sirianni. I think you'd have to put Brian Dayball. Because even Dude. though he's 0-2 against Mike McCarthy's Cowboys, what he did with the team that's supposed to be one of the worst teams in the league. But to that to that point, like, wh- what Mike McCarthy's done, like, you know, I mean, like, look, why are we not going to penalize Brian Dable for having Wink Martindale or Mike Kafka? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's the same principle. It is and, and, and it isn't, though, because they didn't, like, so, so again, like, the Giants' offense was actually pretty good this year. We thought we, we have all talked about how like fluky they are and like how unrealistic, you know, what they've been doing is. And so like that has bared itself out as well. And they might miss the playoffs. Like they might they might have a horrible collapse down the stretch. I don't know. I'd still have I, I understand I, if you want to put Nick Sriani, I disagree with you, but you th- that's personal. You go on Brian Dable. That's just you going out of your way. They should put no, you back in Twitter jail. No, no, no. Um I mean again, like we're talking about like Kevin O'Connell with the Vikings, like I no. like what he does. I think he's a good head coach. I think that doesn't mean he's better than Mike McCarthy. You can think he's good and think Mike McCarthy's better. I don't. Do you think- I, I am a noted Mike McCarthy pessimist. And it's mainly because, again, like I, I hate to be this person. I hate to be the pessimistic guy that everybody knows and loves. But if we're talking about the – who's the? All right, let me ask you this question. Who's the most important coach on the Cowboys staff? I would say Mike McCarthy. I mean, I really would. Without question. Okay. So, like, if you, like, who's the most important person in the entire Cowboys defense? Coaching staff and players alike. Micah Parsons, right? I'd say it's Dan Quinn because Micah Parsons might be playing off the ball linebacker if Rob Mirandelli was still here. That's okay. But, like, who they are now, it's Micah Parsons, right? Who's number two? Trayvon Diggs? Who's number three? Demarcus Lawrence? Who's like one of the underrated elements of this season is that he's played the whole season, by the way. Like, you know what I mean? Like the fact that he missed so much time last year and the defense was so good. Like that is like people are like, what's so different? Like it's him. It's him being available for the whole season. Um, So like, and I'm not like, I'm not trying to bag on Dan Quinn, but like Dan Quinn, like we sit here and like you, you talked about it last week. One of the biggest qualms people have with this team is their run defense. It's like the biggest, like, you know, weakness on this team is something Dan Quinn is responsible for, right? Like, Dan Quinn also, I found I found this hilarious last year, and I, I said it then, I'll say it again. People are, people crapped all over Rod Marinelli. How did we let Rod draft Taco Charlton? How did we let Rod draft Tristan Hill? Oh, man, Dan Quinn loves Nashawn Wright. Like, we're good here, right? That is a huge whiff, right? <laughs> like, that is, he, you know, like, Dan Quinn has many, 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 many pros, but he has cons. Like, it's okay to admit that. And so I, I think Mike McCarthy is the most important person on the Cowboys staff. I think you're crazy. Well, well. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Outside of – which I, I don't – I don't like, like you said, like every coach is going to have cons. Like every – Sure. Bill Belichick's going to have – he's not great at – Andy Reid's got cons. Right, right like, totally. Right. So – but my thing is, is when you look – when you look at how this team won games, we've seen the graphic where the offensive rankings were without Dak. They went what five and one, Sorry. four and one, four, four and one. one, four and one without Dak. They but, don't but, do that without. Go, they don't. But do over, that. 
over the long haul, even predating Dan Quinn, like some of this predates Dan Quinn, Mike McCarthy has an above 500 record without Dak Prescott. Like, think about that. Like, the dude has been here for what? Um, 17 games or 16 games in 2020, 17 last year. So that's what, 33, and they played 11. He's played 44 games, or he's coached 44 games with the Cowboys. He has been missing Tyron for like 70% of that. He missed, like, his first season missed Tyron and Lyell. He lost Dak in week five. He lost Tristan Hill. He lost Leighton Vanderish. Last year, lost Dak, obviously. Like, the dude can take some some shots and take some punches and yeah, overcome them. That's that's not to say that Dan Quinn can't. I mean, in any way, shape, or form. Again, this isn't, like, an, an one extreme or the other proposition. But, like, man, like, he gets so little credit for that. And, and again, like, I'm not trying to say, well, the fact that he's better than Jason Garrett makes him the greatest coach of all time, but we have seen Jason Garrett went one in 13 sure. in games without Tony Romo. I mean, sure. that when he didn't have Dak Prescott, like he, he deserves an, look at the Packers now, like, like look, look at the Packers now, look at the Eagles a year ago, look at the Eagles two years ago. Like, look, I mean, I know that wasn't Nick Sirianni, but like, I mean, it it is what they're doing is incredible and they are peaking, they are ascending and he has also helped them. The Odell thing sort of disproves this right now he has helped get rid of the like unnecessary cowboys-ness of things have they not been more chill you know what i mean like since mike mccarthy has arrived i mean like they haven't had these like you know cowboys sort of things happen to them i i give him credit for that yeah i mean my biggest thing is is like a lot of that like you said like i agree with like the ceo style of things but i feel like as far as like the head coach like and again, most head coaches nowadays either call defense or call offense. But like, just or, because you don't doesn't make you a bad head coach. No, but it also when the like, I just go. I always go back. What are you doing? We always talk, we talk about on Twitter all the time with other people. Like Monday through Friday, great dude. Like great coach. Sunday, what are you like? Where is the difference there? I but see, like th- this is like this turns into like, well, his clock management's terrible. You hyped up Kevin O'Connell. Against the Cowboys, just that one game, the end of that first half was terrible. The the end of Kevin O'Connell gift wrapped three points to the Cowboys, six points if you count both of Brett Maher's favorites. But he's a first year head coach compared to. But no, but like, but you're putting him above Mike McCarthy to some extent. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's again, that's not to say Mike McCarthy has never made you know clock management or whatever mistakes. But like the the same like pitfalls he makes are very obvious ones that other coaches make, and he. He has, I hate to be like, look how many wins he has, but like he, like he has done, he has done the impossible as far as the Cowboys are concerned. This season was over. He was done. He had to go on Rich Eisen show to defend himself because Jerry was out here like gassing up Sean Payton. Like that, that is really respectable. Like I, I, I don't know a lot of people that have been affiliated with the Cowboys that have been able to take shots like that and then answer the call. All right, to close it, I'll ask you this. <laughs> What is this Cowboys team's record with Kevin O'Connell? What is this team's Cowboys record with, I don't know, take a pick of your, you know, first or second year head coach that isn't viewed in the top tier, but middle tier. I think they lose two more games with Cooper Rush. I think that. Why uh, is that? Because I don't think, I think that Mike McCarthy is a stable presence. I think, you know what I mean? Like, I think Mike McCarthy is capable. He, He doesn't, you know, have the same sort of like charm you know, from a, from a like obvious perspective is even like Jason Garrett had, but he is a really charming guy. I, I don't think that I think with Kevin O'Connell, they don't win the Rams game and the Rams stink to be very clear, but they were, they were not this bad at that point in time. 
I don't think that they win the Bengals game with Kevin O'Connell. Like, I, I think Mike McCarthy is capable of, like, call it rallying troops, call it whatever you want. Like, he is capable of reading a room and and being what the room needs. Like, I, I, I do think, you know, his where nobody's underdog thing ahead of the Rams game, I, I think he personifies those sorts of things. And I think it, that is a magnetic thing. Uh, when J. Ron Curse was on the Cowboys Hour that, that the mothership does, he talked about that. He was like this, like we rally for him. Like he is he is our dude and he he knows what we need. I think that that is a, a gift of his, that he is capable of reading and assessing what players need, what his players, his coaches need. Not every and not everybody's humble enough. I, I don't think like not every head coach is humble enough to to surrender, call it control, whatever you want to call it. I think he is. I think there's a touch of humility that is necessary in that role. And he has that. But it, it looks like passivity. It looks like he's hands off. But it's really him, you know, allowing people to thrive to help the overall group. Yeah, I mean, I just think a lot of your thoughts on Mike McCarthy is how I feel about Dan Quinn. Maybe that's they're why. both true. Like that's and that's awesome <laughs> that the team we love has both of them. You know what I mean? Like they can both have those qualities. I guess. Let, let them run a quarterback sneak again on fourth and whatever down it was in the playoffs. And I can't believe people defended that. Like and still defend that. Like that is. <laughs> I was on. I can't remember who I was on a show with the other day, but they're like, I think it was David Hillman. He was like, I like the call, and I was like, David. All right. I We're mean, done. like, it works in the, like, weirdest part of your brain. You know what I mean? Like, because you, you can, like, talk yourself what? into, like, well, I, nobody's expecting it. Blah, blah, blah. Like, I he just like, they needed far. a field goal to be different, but you're still taking a Hail Mary shot afterwards. So it's like, just do two would, Hail Mary shots. Yeah. T- try two Hail Marys. I mean, pray for a I penalty. I don't hate you know? Mike McCarthy. I don't. I don't. I don't. I just think. I think it's interesting, though, how he gets the criticism for that offensive decision but he gets none of the praise for any offensive success. Like the offensive success belongs to Kellen Moore, but the offensive criticism belongs to Mike McCarthy. And really, I don't criticize him for the, the quarterback sneak. Cause again, like if that was a call that Kellen Moore made, that's called Kellen Moore. My criticisms more so come with like, for example, you're an offensive minded head coach. You're going forward on fourth down and at the opening drive against the giants. Why are we throwing it? 40 yard bomb on third and one. If we know it's, if we know we're going to go for it, like it's third and two, third and two should then be something simple to try to set up a more manageable. And that, that happened in green Bay. That happened. That's a, I was going to bring that up. That was exactly yeah. how I felt in, about green Bay. Totally. That's why I said at the time that fourth down decision in green Bay felt like an emotional thing. It, right. You know what I mean? It, it felt like, let's just go for it. Let's, you know what I mean? Like panic sort of thing. Um, I, and that's where Mike McCarthy, Kellen Moore, they have flaws, right? Like, like they're, they're not impervious to like emotional swing. And if um, I want to go LaShawn McCoy style hot take artist here, I'll say that they blew a stinker against Green Bay and they kicked Atlanta's ass last year. So Dan, Dan Quinn gets the victory. Wow. Um, <laughs> wow. Uh, well, I. Um, the, the team hates Mike McCarthy. Clearly. Um, Just kidding. No, nah, I mean, but look, they have a, a consensus top coach, whatever, however you want to measure that. They have a consensus top quarterback again, whatever delineation you want to put there. They have a consensus top defense. They have a consensus top, you know, they have the best defensive player. CD Lame is the what? Fifth best receiver in the NFL right now. I mean, Dalton Schultz is coming along. The run game is among the very best in the NFL. Like there is all the reason in the world to believe. That doesn't mean that you won't be burned, but it it's hard. It's hard not to trust them right now. Yeah, I agree. That's why we want to talk about it. We're com- we're actually confident in this team for the first time in a long time. But you hate the head coach. It's, I do hate the head coach. 
I don't hate the head coach. I just wow. I don't think he does a whole lot for you. I don't think he loses. Leave, I, don't, I don't think he hurts you or helps you a whole lot. How about that? As we leave, I would like you to I, I just have one final question for you. Who won the World Series? That's all the time we have today on the Talking <laughs> the Star podcast. RJ Ochoa is no longer with us. He got the boot. And, uh, yeah, we'll we'll be back next week as we talk more about the Dallas Cowboys. Hopefully continuing Can't wait to this, see Aaron Judge on the Giants. It's hopefully be awesome. continuing this confident talk of how good this Cowboys team looks and not the cheaters of the Houston Astros <laughs> or Aaron Judge wearing a different uniform. So uh, we appreciate you all for listening. Make sure you are subscribed and listening to all the shows on Blogging the, Bo- Blogging the Boys Podcast Network or whatever podcast platform you use. Click subscribe and you'll get how many shows do we have now, RJ? Like 12? We have two shows every weekday. So that's 10. Um, we also have a daily show every weekday that's just kind of like five minutes, get caught up on on your you know news and notes sort of thing. So that's eleven. We have a Saturday show, that would be twelve, and then we have the post game show. So that's thirteen. I was close. So thirteen shows, just click subscribe on Spotify. Apple Podcasts, whatever you listen on, and you'll get access to all of those. A uh, ton of different people. We got 13 shows, probably got 30 different people's voices on them. So make sure you're checking in, listening to all of that, and continuing to read and listening to everything over on the Blogging the Boys podcast feed, network, and site. Thank you guys so much for listening. This was Talking the Story. to do's less time and an infinite number of tools to keep track of sometimes doing business has never felt harder but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals you can just use hubspot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier imagine this high quality leads fast closing deals wildly happy customers and more benchmark breaking quarters it's not a miracle it's hubspot visit hubspot.com to get started today